This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Ethics. I am Van Velding, and I watched this show when it originally aired. I'm Derek. This is my first time watching this episode. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one, engage. I remember watching this uh, as a kid, and I honestly thought that the only reason Worf was checking these barrels out is because he lost a bet. I really misunderstood <laughs> that somehow. I mean, I... I don't know what happens on a ship. I mean, the closest thing we have to like what happens in Starfleet is the Navy, or at least in my mind, that's that's true. Yeah, that's and fair. That's fair. I, I'm fine with them playing poker, but don't they do anything else together? <laughs> like <laughs> they're supposed to be really good friends, right? Like, don't they? Like, yeah. oh man, we did the potluck, or oh man, we watched a movie, or oh, we we all went to the holodeck together and did a Shakespeare thing or something. I mean, I guess they they do social events together later and we've seen them do social events before um yeah, yeah but, but as like friends, those we, oh god sorry as friends we play games together you know i mean yeah i just i guess like i expect these kinds of conversations where they're like hey yeah you know um you got wrecked but you know troy's pretty good it's like oh, i didn't think she's good at bluffing and it's like I kind of would like to see just a little bit more dimension in those kinds of conversations. Like when they're referencing something off screen, um, it yeah. feels like it's poker a lot. Um, yeah, I'm fine with but, it. Yeah. Look at this thing. There's an obvious cold spot. Yeah. And then like it's just <laughs> venting stuff and they're like, ah, future space <laughs> scanner. Super hand hard held. to pinpoint. Use it all the like, time. No, nope, don't get it. use our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, look at those look at those Klingon reflexes. <laughs> he just like, yeah. yes, I will take this damage as opposed to dodging it. He protected his head. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> <laughs> By turning around and showing his back. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Um I mean, the uh he fell for one of the great blunders in protecting your head, you damage the spine, which is like yeah. the head because it has all the nerves, <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah. I, uh, we get into it really quick, though. I li- yeah, yeah, I like this, because, like, uh, the best side manner needs a little work. He's like, um, not so fast. You can't get up. <laughs> like, it's very, it's very, like, here, you can take this. Um, well, there's a reason why you don't, you, uh, you can't move your legs, but it's not the restraints. <laughs> yep. It's a paralyzed episode. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Yeah, I- and I like, I like that. You know, when I first saw this, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be a whole bunch of, like, Worf, like, just got off of, like, how am I going to be a senior pirate? And now he's got to deal with, how am I going to, like, like recover from this injury? Um, so I thought this was going to be a Worf-heavy episode, but really... Life comes at you faster. Um, this is like a Worf and Crusher episode, and I'm into it. I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode by two actors who usually get supporting roles. Yeah, I could see them front and center doing their thing. Yeah, I would totally watch like uh, uh, after watching this episode, I would totally watch a um, a Star Trek house like medical procedural <laughs> thing. I thought you were um, going to go for Grey's Anatomy. Did, did you know that Grey's Anatomy <laughs> is still on? Really? Wait, like they're making new episodes? They're making new episodes. Whoa! They're like <sighs> giving soap operas a run for their money. That's wild. It's super wild. The Grey's Anatomy is still on. Yeah, that's that is surprising. Yeah, I yeah. um yeah, or Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's, Grey's Anatomy Star Trek. Um because I mean 
think about it. You could all of all of the wild like xenobiology stuff you could do, like there's a lot of content there, isn't there? Yeah. Um and you could kind of flesh out like some of the you know, you know, what it's like to be, you know, in the Starfleet world and like sci-fi episodes and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's the one problem I feel like contemporary science fiction suffers from is that it always has to be like essentially like some action drama or some action something. But sci-fi doesn't have to be just about action. It can be about mystery, suspense, you know, anything. Yeah, I guess the interesting thing about House and I would say other procedurals, I, I would classify House as a procedural. Yeah, I would uh, agree. Is that we believe it's based on reality when mostly it's not. Mostly it's not yeah. realistic at all. Um, but it allows people to watch it to believe it's realistic and then some somehow more authentic than uh, it's a medical mystery on the starship freaking um, Pasteur. Uh, he had uh, bleal blarps in his Dorpa stream, and therefore <laughs> so, <laughs> it was Guarnerian so, syndrome. So you're thinking that because there is not really like a, a, a place, if we go too hard in the medical sci-fi, there's not a place where we can kind of identify with and we just kind of lose interest? I think it just seems made up, like uh, Doctor yeah, Who or Star Trek Voyager, yeah. where all, like, whether it's medical okay. or just techno babble, I think you just yeah. lose, lose your ground there. Maybe so. Uh, I like this kind of, uh, you know, we got to get introduced to this kind of specialist and right out of the gate, she's like brown nosing. She's like, Oh man, like your, your, uh, cybernetic interfacing paper was brilliant. He's like, Oh wow, you're the first one to mention it. <laughs> like, yeah. and she's kind of like, like appropriately humble. Like I, I kind of imagine, um, Dr. Crusher as kind of like a, um, she kind of has that McCoy vibe of just like, I'm a tra- traveling medical professional. And so I gauge my worth on my ability like to keep people healthy and alive, that sort of thing, as opposed to uh, academic accolades. Yeah. Um, I, although that paper is a callback to an earlier episode. Yeah, I think I remember two, that. Just like, yeah, I was going to talk to a guy about cybernetic stuff, but I don't even know what it is, actually. But yeah. cybernetic regeneration? What are you doing for cyber? Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought you were a, like, like a, a a Xeno like microbiologist thing. Like, didn't you have like flowers and stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Whatever, man. So yeah, so this is like we get like you thought like oh man yeah. So the heavy of this episode is just going to be like War's got to deal with this a uh, big problem. It turns yeah. out he called in the alternate Jadish here for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's hit the rewind. A couple years ago. <laughs> Riker was invited, and, and Derek can put in his headphones and listen to a podcast while I'm saying this. <laughs> <laughs> or any regular listener. Uh, yeah. Riker did, like, a, a freaking uh, temp job on a Cleon bird of prey, and he did really great right. about Cleon culture. And then Worf's dad gets framed for collaborating with the Romulans, and the Romulan attack what that killed him and a bunch of other Cleons. Um and so Worf has to go to, like, Kronos, the Cleon homeworld, to, like, defend his dad. And he's like, I need a Chadich, uh, <laughs> yeah. a right-hand who man, a bodyguard, <laughs> a knifesman who knows Cleon culture. And yeah. Riker, Riker perks up with, like, every point being made here. Yeah, and yeah, like, like, puffing out his chest each time he says, like, I need this, I need this. <laughs> he's like, and so I will give my Chadich knife to uh, my best friend in the whole world, the greatest human on Cleon culture. <laughs> 
Captain Jean-Luc Picard. You're like, what? <laughs> and so that's bullshit. Especially yeah. because these two have, I think, a pretty good rapport before then. Better than, you know, Worf and the guy who constantly I mean, shoots him down, Captain Picard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't... Uh... Like, I don't know about, like, if you were to tell me, like, it, like if I'd never seen this episode, but I knew of, like, the character of Riker and the character of Worf, and it's like, oh, there's a bromance between Worf and Riker. I'm like, okay, yeah, I see that. Like, that kind of tracks yeah. based on there. Um, but it, it, the writing doesn't necessarily do a lot to support it. Uh, it, it we're kind of, in this episode, we're expected to kind of take a lot of it off screen. I mean, for me, Riker is really just like, the guy that steals the action scenes from Worf. <laughs> like that's right. kind of and, and and there's a few scenes between Riker and Worf, and maybe if I clip them together over Sarah Borales' gravity, it might <laughs> engender you know the feeling that there's a relationship between them of some kind. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, maybe fa- so. If you don't see that relationship before this episode, fair enough. Um, I mean I see I see them like doing things together. I just like I feel like there wasn't the emotional weight that this kind of cashes in on, if that makes sense. Tiny Cleon. Also the spine the spot the spine graphics pretty metal, huh? It is pretty great, yeah. Um Yeah, so so regardless, we, we kind of talked over the scene where Worf was like, Commander Riker, we're so close, would you please kill me? And Riker Riker's like, oh, I don't know, man. And <laughs> yeah. Like that's the heart of our episode. Well, one of the hearts right. of our episode. Like Worf, two hearts. And Yay. it's <laughs> it is that Worf is like, okay, in Klan culture, because toxic masculinity, um, right. we would rather die than be disabled. And that's right. why the doctors earlier were like, Oh, there's no Cleon science on this because they just rather Yeah, die like I like and we talked over that too, but that's like super brutal. They're like, Yeah, no, I, I reached out to like Cleon chief of medicine, blah blah blah, and he says, Yeah, no, we just let Cleons die. I was like, Whoa, what? <laughs> he just laughed at me and I put him on whole low check. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's still laughing. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he put me on hold so he could call his colleagues in and I had to ask the question again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on Cleon freaking vine for asking that question. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so this is, we get, we introduce some interesting research here. She's like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm a young, um, you know, like medical research scientist with everything to prove. And so while we can kind of do this prosthetic kind of solution that you mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago, um, we can, we can regrow a spine. He's like, Oh, cool. So, um, how, what happened with the other, uh, what happened with the other, um, participants? She's like, oh, they're none. This will be the first time, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. She's like, look, we're just going to do a, it's a great way to represent cutting edge medicine for this setting where they're like, we're going to make, uh, a replicated spine and install it into the guy. The success rate's about 37%. There's no clear right. science to work with. Yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they did a really good and I would say economical job of setting up this conflict of just, hey, we don't know clean on medicine. You're talking about taking out something and reattaching something. We have nothing to work with. No blueprint, no anything. Like, all of your stuff has been humans, presumably. Um, and so, you know, she kind of lets her down. It's like, hey, listen, um, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to, we're not going to mention that to him just because I, I don't think it's worth the risk. And so they don't agree to, to like uh, Maverick Renegade Doctor's point, 
because I don't know her name. Um, they they do not agree on anything. She's just like, yeah, we're not doing this, and walked out. And so uh, we're we're gonna get some conflict later, and uh, Doctor Crusher is gonna like, we agreed. I'm like, uh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I uh, the deal is is that it's very hard to show Crusher in the position of look, we're gonna do it conventionally. We're gonna do it by the book. We're right. gonna do the old reliable, even if that means that Worf has to pay a heavy price. And it's really hard to sell that in a series which is based on action adventure, damn the regulations, let's do something. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of wild where like they were doing like, hey, Denver blew up in a space mine, which is goofy by itself. But then he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And they cut to this like, I don't understand this, Picard. And this is a wild conversation because Riker's taking the approach of, hey, listen, I don't want to help my friend commit suicide. And Picard, the the ever the diplomat's like, hey, listen, his life is over. You just need to let him die. His brain can <laughs> comprehend. His pra- brain can comprehend living with a disability. He's not like us. Yeah, and the question is, there's a lot of questions here. One of them is, yeah. which Picard asks, is you know, terminally ill, lifetime of pain, not worth dying. Right. Uh, and Riker's like, well, okay, what about you know the emotional pain of like being disabled. Because you're from a culture that sees that really shittily. Right. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. It's like we kind of dodge this whole um, – like we we look at Klingon culture as like this big thing. And I'm yeah, I mean like that's like what he's saying right now. Like I can respect his beliefs, but I don't want to commit – I want to help him commit suicide. And I don't – the problem I have with the whole <laughs> culture argument – like Klingon culture argument isn't the toxic masculinity is that we have had storylines where Worf, who is kind of like this pariah because of like being framed by his doctor has gone to the highest heads of state in Klingon society and has noticed that they have no honor, like none, (laughs) like it's all political backstabbing BS. Like the whole toxic masculinity is just a front for like just killing the people that you don't like and just a forever war to drive the economy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And for him to say like, nah, I gotta die. Cause that's them's the rules. So like, ah, oh, man, no, come on. Like everyone you've met in Klingon culture doesn't follow the rules. Why are you doing this? Okay. Well, this isn't like part of the political rules or anything like that. It's not like, oh, a, a Cleon, uh, op- opponent gave him gaze disease. And now because Cleons are also homophobic, he has to kill himself for having gaze disease. Like, the issue is, is that he believes in the underlying values of the Cleon Empire. And certainly the higher members of that society who claim to embody those values don't. He lives in a corrupt, duplicitous society run by dickbags. But that doesn't mean right. he abandons the values of well, not wanting to be a burden, of wanting to be self-sufficient. Right. Well, I mean, I, what I would expect, I don't expect him to demand the value, to... Um... I don't expect him to just kind of throw them all in the garbage. But what I do expect him to do is to examine them more. And to be fair, he does. Um, just it takes him a while. Um, and his friends to kind of like call him on his bullshit. Um, it's just yeah. I guess I kind of expect – because I don't know. In my mind, Worf is like the perfect dude to kind of bring Klingon culture out of this toxic like kind of masculine adolescence it's in. Um, and – 
when i mean i know that this was already written and i came up with this later but it's just i want that to be a thing i guess <laughs> yeah i mean more bad news. coin drop he kind of does um but yeah i think it is good how Riker and troy although not working together are going hey yeah. there are other alternatives here yeah um, i mean recent episodes troy has been has had definitely had uh, some you know heavy conversations with um, Worf here about his son, all that kind of stuff, and she just like she gave him like, hey, listen, you know, screw your honor, think about your son, bounces, and then the doctor's like, hey, yeah, more bad news. Uh, guess what? <laughs> yeah, so they can give him some partial repairs, or they can give, and that that's going to be her pitch to him. I don't think she gives yeah. him another option. I think it's just like. The best we can do is Mechamorph yeah. 2000. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we have something kind of somewhat similar, but, uh, you know, yeah, just like stimulating his muscles via like what his brain is saying. And that is, um, you know, she talks about like 60%, 70% mobility. And that's somewhat kind of annoying to me uh, just because um, – when you talk about percentages and a specific individual, there is some kind of nuance that you have to make sure someone understands. And so I think the important thing here to do as well is to prevent, like, to show case studies, you know, because when people are paralyzed, there are some people who, like, regain full, full mobility having been told not. Um, it really, a lot of it depends on the patient as well. And she should have mentioned something to that effect, I feel. But, um, yeah. You know the the real the real wild thing is is that she's about yeah like <laughs> it's funny that he's saying this but she gives him uh, she offers him sixty percent of his mobility and he's like I can't just lurch around corridors and be an object of ridicule and disgust have have you asked me about my son's dishonor It's like well, everyone <laughs> everyone is way less into this than you are. <laughs> yeah we're all like, humans well, we don't give a shit about your honor buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, like, let me ask you this. Like, if, if Worf gets his leg cut, like, if they just, like, if, like, his leg just gets lost in a war or something, like, yeah. I mean, he can stand and face his enemy, so he can't, he, he, you know, like, but if he's got a prosthetic leg, it's not going to be as good as real legs. He's going to have a mobility reduction. If anything yeah. less than 100% means, does he have to kill himself then? Like, I mean, hell, even losing an ankle, like, like, all right, well, sucks to be you, it's time to die. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good question. Um, and we kind of get into prosthetics in the Star Trek universe that uh, are like, well, it, it seems like you can actually get prosthetics up to 100%. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's not what we have here. We have very special damage that can't just be right. repaired. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're kind of talking over a little bit about, like, the second heart of this episode, which is Dr. Crusher and um, Maverick Renegade Doctor – um, having kind of this conflict of like, hey, listen, you shouldn't have told him about your procedure that um, has like, you know, a third of a chance of working and you have never tested it on a human person, like any humanoid. So um, I even looked it up and you tried to do it and they rejected it. So and she's like bureaucrats, I'm like they know that you're you're a charlatan, like you're just cutting people up and hoping for the best so you can like win the Star Trek. Nobel Peace Prize or whatever. Car Carrington Awards. But yeah. Carrington um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that's fair. It's like she keeps applying. Three times she applied. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, all right, the first time you apply and you're rejected, they give you some notes, I'm sure. They're like, mm, okay, 
Maybe do it on yeah, mice first. Yeah, yeah, Maybe right. some mice. Uh, look, yeah. look, they can be Denebian mice. We don't care. Just mice of some kind. <laughs> yeah, just something. And, and then the second time, they're like, okay, all right. Uh, we talked about the mice, didn't we? And then she applies a third time. They're like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, yeah, just imagine, What's wrong with you? Imagine <laughs> a persistent snake oil salesman. Like, like I'm going to sell you this snake oil, and it's going to cure your arthritis. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't sound like it works that way. Come on, you should really take it. Already took it. It doesn't work. Uh, well, no, you got to take it this way. Like, okay, shut up, get out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like. I'm getting way too into the details here. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, but great. it just seems like after your third rejection for the Starfleet Medical Board for this, like you just become a little famous. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. like they they quit sending you to starships to do spinal injuries on spinal. Yeah, like they were like, it's like, listen, uh, like I wonder if like Starfleet's like, hey, listen, we need a neurosurgeon. Uh, we got one of our guys who's who's really in a bad shape. And it's like, all right, we'll see, we'll see where we have sector get back to you. It's like, oh man, the only one that we have in a sector is the Man- Maverick Renegade Doctor. He's like, can we do that to him? That'll be fine. <laughs> look, look, she's got a negative quirk, but the rest of them are all reducing their stress levels in the tavern. We got to see. We just, yeah, we just got to do what we can. This whole scene, scene right here, um, I like. I, it's so funny to me. Like, this is supposed to be like, oh man, we're doing triage, right? But really, right. it's just. These actors taking these instruments out of their pockets, touching them to vital areas, and then walking over. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily read too much as like we're doing medicine. Like I feel like a robot could be doing this. This is kind uh, of wild right. though, right here. We're so doing triage, regular medical conversation. She doesn't even try to hide like what she did. She's like, ah, oh, no, I, di- I didn't try the the next step. I uh, I did my own treatment. It's like, yeah, and then the guy. That's why the guy died. She's like, yeah. hey, we were gonna do A, but he had, you know, a complication. So, and Crusher's like, hey, so you did B, right? You did B, yeah. B, and then yeah. he died anyway because you did B. She's like, oh no, no, I did this thing I made up, just real. Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not even in the alphabet. I totally made it up. <laughs> yeah, um, I did some Cthulhu runes. Didn't work. Yeah. Too well. <laughs> And, like, here's the thing. Like, Gage McFadden looks like she's about to rip this person apart. And yeah. <laughs> they're, you know, and it's wild, you know. It, oh, man. It, it, this, yeah. I love this kind of conflict. It's really good, and I really enjoyed it. And I like how – I like this. She's like, I, my personal medicine is without flaw. <laughs> <laughs> I – you know, one of the things I like about Star Trek is that they do try to dimensionalize their villains. And I feel like they could have done yeah. a better job with – you pointed this out. I'm just going to go with it. Dr. Kate McKinnon here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like she's a little too unjustified in what she's doing. Like right. she's making some stock arguments. But yeah, like it's, it, does, it doesn't feel complicated enough. It feels like I mean, she's, she's definitely she's definitely doing the ends justify the means deal. But like, you know uh, – Dr. Crusher's, uh, you know, kind of countering with, hey, it's how you get there. Um, sure, we could, we could do human experience right now and find out more about the brain, but that would, that would mean a lot of people would have to suffer greatly for that knowledge. And we don't yeah. do that. That's not how medicine works. Um, and I think it's relevant. The scene where <laughs> she, she relieves her of medical duty. We have Picard walking in saying, hey, you know what? Um, we should really let her do the thing. <laughs> What do you know about medicine? Get the hell out of my office. I pull, I'm pulling rank. Get out. Yeah, right? And we're like, okay, but come on. We've got to have a plot here. 
But see, here's what you don't understand, Beverly, is that he's a Klingon. Okay, get out. Just I'm 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 this close. <laughs> I'm I'm this close to sedating you. You just need to get out of here now. <laughs> I uh, you know, I I think he makes a good point though, where it's like, look, Worf 100% wants to die. How are you going to keep him alive? Um, doesn't he have the right to end his own life? Does he have the right to end it for a reason we agree with? Does he have the right to end it on a whim? Um, just because he's disabled, should is that different from just some other justification or some other reason he wants right. it? Uh, there's lots of really yeah. good questions here. And being a 45-minute episode yeah. really constrains us. I think we did the best we could within those, those restrictions. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that th- Sorry, this I, I was, was ambitious – <laughs> this is an ambitious, yeah. This was an ambitious um, episode for sure, and I think I, that uh, good. Yeah, but yeah, th- I think this was an ambitious episode. And I'm I'm glad that they I'm glad that they tried uh, kind of to do this, and I feel like they've raised some interesting things. There are some things they could have gone depth more, and they didn't, and and them not doing that um, really kind of raised the quality of this episode some. Um, but it is like just looking at it uh, at its value. It's like, okay, I mean, you, you're, you, <laughs> he's trying to, he's giving a Picard speech here to, uh, Dr. Crusher to let Worf commit suicide or let Worf have a risky procedure instead of committing suicide, which he's already demonstrated that he might not even do, i.e., his visit with Alexander. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, this just uh, it just doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't feel like this kind of belongs in this episode. When, when Picard says it's too far, like, he's giving us an interesting premise right there. Right. Is that, you know, how far along does, does he need to come? How many of his values does he need to discard simply because we disagree with him? Right. Um, what kind of sacrifices does he need to live with? Um, you know, he's he's... Grown up his whole life, even though he was raised by humans, to feel shame over being disabled. Yeah. At, at least at 40%. Um, <laughs> so, like, can we just expect him to wake up in the morning and throw all that away and just just deal with it? And I don't, I don't yeah. know if that's fair. That's a good question. I mean, yeah, it's a good question. And there are a lot of kind of tangential things that, uh, you know, would be interesting to ask as well. But uh, I like this. So he's like, I've been doing a lot of research and I'm about to lay the smack down your little suicide plan. This is real satisfying. (laughs) Yeah. So look, I I respect (laughs) Worf in so much as he's doing Cleon tradition. I get that. And I can go like, hey, look, Riker, you know, like it's a different culture. It's a big request. I get that you're in a tough spot. Riker's like, yeah, so I read the rules and actually. (laughs) (laughs) Rules lowering like a motherfucker. (laughs) It turns out that your son is pretty clearly the guy to do this. Your five-year-old son. Um, Uh, Dude can hold the knife, can he? I mean, hell, you walked in on him like executing one of your like morning workouts with like your own bat lift. So don't tell me that he's not a man. (laughs) And Worf is like, As far as Klingons goes. Yeah. (laughs) He is. And Worf was like, oh, yeah. he wasn't raised as a warrior, though. And Riker's like, what, I fucking was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that coming from the the Klingon that was raised by humans. All right, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, Worf tries to worm out of it. And that's kind yeah. of where I turned against Worf on this episode. Yeah, yeah, me like, too. It's well, a message. I mean, it's a message of like, hey, look, it's easy to do these things when you're thinking about yourself. 
Right. Once you think about the people around you, it does get pretty hard. Like, yeah, and and his speech here is is yeah, I mean, like he's talking about suicide, and this can definitely be used for people who have suicidal ideation as well. Because what Riker's saying here, how many people did you ever think about what's going to happen when you die to all of the people that consider you our friend? How many people you saved? How, like all that kind of stuff. You know, you get out of the conflict when you die, but you leave a crater for everyone else. Is that something that you're fine with? Yeah. And, uh, like, it's a good speech. It's it's probably the highlight of this episode, honestly. I mean, yeah, I would Uh, say so. We've got some emotional beats here. And, uh, like, later on, we have some pretty good emotional beats. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, can, if you can't tell the yeah, if you can't tell the pacing is super tight uh, in this oh, yeah. episode, we're having trouble keeping up with all the good hits. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I do, yeah. I do like he's like, he's like, oh yeah, but you're my friend, so guess what I found? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and it's it, it does kind of give us an easy out, but I think that the conf- the conflict between Worf and Cleon tradition is like the conflict of like the reason sometimes people want to die and yeah. the realities of that. Now, I mean, right. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, you mentioned Jack Kevorkian at the tail yeah. end of, of the last episode when we were doing the previous right. for this. Uh, Kevorkian, I think, worked uh, started in 90, 1990 assisting yeah. people in committing suicide. He would help hook them up to machines that would kill them. Um, yeah. They would actually... Supposedly, like, humanely, like, supposed to, like, kind of... Let them like die with like dignity without like, um, without like pain or kind of delirium or whatever. Yeah. And th- there are other countries that accept that just fine. And I'm, right. I'm all for that. I'm all for like killing yeah, yourself same. for whatever reason. But, um, you know, but at the same time, the, the hypocrisy that Worf wants to do this with. And you think he's going to yeah. do it for a sec when Alexander walks yeah, in. Yeah, like when Alexander was like, yeah, all right, listen, um, there's been a last minute rule change, Alexander. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to buck up, guy. All right. You're, you're my little man. You're my little boy. <laughs> Worf's like, he's not. But it would be funny if he was like, all right, Alexander, take that knife. And Alexander's <laughs> like, daddy, I'm sorry, father, Counselor Troy gave me this. And he like unfolds a little piece of paper and it's like an Uno reverse card. And Worf's like, damn, the Uno reverse card. <laughs> Most sacred of Klingon all, tradition. All, yeah, all Klingon <laughs> cultures respect Uno reverse guard. <laughs> Guess I'll live. But, <laughs> well, sucks to be. Um, um, here I go living again. But yeah, no. He, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he decides that he's going to undergo the really risky surgery. And yeah, be like, and I love off. like, and if you had any doubts that Alexander was not a man, just listen to the screams that are about to happen as he walks down the hall with a knife. Oh my god, he's got a knife! <laughs> he's finally snapped. <laughs> the Klingon kid's gonna kill us all. <laughs> yeah. uh, like he just walks with like that sense of purpose, and he's got a knife in one hand. <laughs> I just imagine. I mean, just imagine, like, a, a Chucky kind of looking thing with, like, a knife. Like, a very brutal looking knife. You're like, uh, this is going to be okay, right? Like, he's not going to kill me, is he? No. As, we've, as we have established, Cleons have ghosts, but they do not have Chucky. For that reason. <laughs> yeah. I um, This kind of feels a little bit like this procedure. They're like, hey, listen, we could do the normal, like... um rocky montage where like you suck and then you get better and better progressively and then you're back where you started or 
Um, we can have this really invasive procedure that has a, we can do the Hail Mary, the Hail Mary procedure, and you're gonna you're gonna live, but um, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a rocky road. But you know, <laughs> you know, no, you don't have to do the montage. Everything's fine. Yeah, and it's like in the beginning when they put the little stimulator on Worf's leg and his leg flops. He's like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's- <laughs> yeah, like, it seems cute. like he's just quitting because it's, like, it's, it's too hard. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how we'll it read to me a little bit. Yeah. But then he does go and, through the physical therapy later, and that's good. Also, like, he's asking his non-backup Chidich that he wanted to kill him to, like, uh, just another person, a person that is not Riker, to take care of his kid. Like, what the hell? You think, you'd think the person that you would ask to kill you would also be the same person you'd ask to take care of your kid if uh, things don't go right. Uh, but oh, she's all maternal and shit. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that's women's. That's a women's job to take care of kids. You know, guys can't do it. He's a man of action. What? What is a man <laughs> actually going to do with a kid? So, yeah, I mean, he does make a point. Like, she's been helpful in like backseat co-parenting since Alexander yeah. came on board. She had a kid for like a week. Remember that? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, she's, she's got experience. Look, any minute now, uh, Riker's going to start a holographic family. So I can't. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm glad that she said she'd be honored. I just don't know. I, I don't know. Um, if that was like a, I'm so excited you asked me, or if it was like, this is the right thing to say, and I'll just have to live with the consequences sort of <laughs> response. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, luckily we, you know, spoilers, I mean, we're not going to find out. I mean, we're not going to find out because uh, he's going to live. But this whole like medical procedure thing is going to get rough. Um, they, uh, what, it, yeah. this like looks, oh yeah, Devo. Uh, this looks like Devo, like, surgical oh. outfits here uh they these surgical outfits they actually kept from the first couple seasons you've seen them like a time or two before and i like them they're very future they're very consistent yeah i, I would agree with that um a little weird that we're not like like blocking their faces but i mean that's fine it's because um you know they have a sterile feel. and all that yeah but yeah there's some of these things that kind of like i would totally expect like I like this little scene as well. Sorry, but uh, yeah. there's so much good stuff here. But like, they're just talking about like just the random bullshit that you you need for running a ship. But yeah. you know, like just the way they're talking about it, their posture, their body language, you know they're thinking about Worf. Yeah, and it's just so good. It's a good little scene. I'm sorry, every close up on on uh, Jonathan Frakes' face has been great. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> it just cracks me up. Maybe I'm an awful person. And then, but, uh, uh, probably not. Like he's good. Like Frakes is always golden in this. I say he spins yeah. strong to gold in this series, but for some reason yeah. it's just hilarious. His close-ups. Yeah. Um, um, you know that 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 looks like some straight up like alien spine stuff. Well, so it is. Um yeah, I mean, well, alien like like uh yeah. the movie. But, Xenomorph, yeah. Yeah, Xenomorph spine. There you are. Um But yeah, so this is Another thing that was kind of like you could have talked about, like, okay, when you say 37% success rate, what do you mean? 
you know, because right now we're, we're keeping a dude alive without a spine. So, so you can't tell his lungs to breathe. You can't tell his liver to, pro- liver to process toxins, none of that stuff. So we have to do all that artificially. And I think he said there's like two hours and some minutes. So did yeah. part of that success rate was you didn't do these, all these little steps faster. Like right now you just had this, your, your medical scanner. Uh, crapped out on you. So you had to like spot scan just to fill in like whatever matrix you're trying to fill in with. And it's like, okay, well, that would have kind of been interesting too, to kind of talk about like, why, why is it 37%? Like, okay, you're, you're super baked into this, but it would have detracted from the narrative of just, she is a reckless practicer of medicine. Um, and Dr. Crusher isn't. Um, but they still do this because Picard said that he wants them to. (laughs) It was too far for Worf. Um, <laughs> so I do like that Alexander and Troy are playing the little like triangle game. Yeah. And Alexander's pushing like a hundred buttons a minute. Yeah. And Deanna like yeah. T- stops and takes this loving look up to him. If right. it's competitive, Alexander just friggin' won. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh man, she stopped. I'm totally going to nail her. <laughs> if it's cooperative, God, Deanna. Yeah. He's like, get yeah, it. Get trying to get Deanna. Stop. Stop looking at me. <laughs> it's like, she's not helping me win because she's sad about my father dying. Like, yeah, you're not helping. <laughs> See? She's that thought process being. I pull your weight. God. Yeah. Adults are so, so horrible um, video games. Anyway. I, I like uh, I like some of this stuff. I, I assume it's all like CGI added in after the fact. But I like the, um, the sliding thing to close, quote unquote. Um, yeah. And everything is like, oh, cool, yeah. Um, we had a little, some little hiccups. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and then they're like, all right, well, let's do an organs check. Uh, how's how's all the uh, how are all the organs doing? He's still breathing, still heart beating, all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything kind of looks good until it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's like writing yep, code and, there and it is. spine yeah. surgery, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wonder if like a surgeon, uh, I mean, I guess a surgeon um, probably has the opposite of a programmer. A programmer, it's very, very uh, surprising when your code works on the first go. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're suspicious true. of it. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are you not telling me? <laughs> true. Um, and you have the benefit. And of- so I like this. Yeah. I like how we kind of get like this medical babble escalation thing. Um. But she's like, like, like Maverick Renegade is just like standing by doing nothing. Like she's the one that designed this whole procedure and she's like just looking at him die. Maybe yeah. that's why you only have a 37% success rate because you're not trying to like keep him alive. <laughs> I know, right? She's like, oh, <laughs> I went into shock. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And Crusher's like, I'm going to do the medicine to fix the guy, which is a great way to yeah. show a contrast between these two. Yeah, for sure. You know, and once it kind of brings back to like kind of what I, what I was kind of mentioning before, you know, you get, you get this kind of contrast between I am a, a research medical doctor. I do medicine, but really what I want to do is research. And Dr. Crusher is like, I am a doctor in the field. You know, I do medicine, but what I really want to do is keep people alive and keep their quality of life, you know, as high as I can make it. Um, and that, those are two very different things. I mean, if you don't believe me, go to college. <laughs> There's some people <laughs> yeah. that teach and some people that do research and that isn't, that isn't a Venn diagram. That's a perfect circle. Yeah. And, uh, I, I kind of feel like we get shades of when Tasha Yar died where they do the little, like, I guess they're supposed to, right? They're supposed to get like the, yeah. the paddles and just yeah. give them. 
I really wanted like her to do form. like this, like Dr. Cox moment where she just like wrecks this whole operating table. Like, <laughs> ah! like I, I would have, to me, that would have totally been in her character. Like she does kind of like a head, uh, a hand bang or whatever. Yeah. But like, like she could have like decked the crap out of this doctor, like just <laughs> knocked everything over. I would have totally believed it, hundred percent. I, I think, I think like, the, the physical acting we get there is just fine. But um, she's angry. Yeah, she's angry. And so this is, uh, and here's the thing. Like, so we talked a little about about this before uh, we started recording, you know. But for me, my personal opinion is that if you're gonna go through the beats of um, we did a thing, you died, and you're, like, informing the family, doing the whole, like, time of death, two o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you don't get to bring that person back. Like, that, that, person, <laughs> that, per- that person is dead, dead. Like, he – and because all of these beats are kind of designed to make you feel the finality of all of this stuff. But what yeah. they're going to do yeah. is, like – um go through all the beats and like, haha, cling on physiology. He has redundant systems. Bam. He wins. And it's like, wait, what? Um, I, I like think presumably our, our... he's not on life support for many minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he's, he's almost cold, but the yeah. deal is that we're showing that this rogue doctor takes too many risks. Yeah. And at the same time, we need a compelling reason to take the risks ourselves. But it's like, if he survives, if the procedure works, then we've learned that she was right in the end. So he needs to die. But he can't die. He's main cast. He's contracted. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we yeah. like Worf. So, like, yeah. this gives us the death. She fails. That Kate, Dr. Kate McKinnon fails. Yeah. And we get to see that failure. We get to see the effects of losing someone that we care about because right. she took a risk with his life. Um, yeah. But, but Worf's got to be in an episode next week. So he's a Cleon. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally the only Cleon on the ship. We still have, like, some Cleon narratives we want to run. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you could have done that without, um, you could have done that without like him dying. Like you could have totally had the, the medical procedure go a little bit more rocky and have some consequences Worf has to deal with as a result of her recklessness. Um, but, uh, yeah, this scene, oh man, I like it. I, oh man, I, I felt like the characterization of Dr. Beverly Crusher is great in this episode and I, I like her more as a character now. Yeah. I like that she tries to pull a win out of it and just be like, see, yeah. the procedure worked. And yeah, we have, like it. <laughs> we have a character <laughs> like, like giving the voice of like, God going, no, you got lucky, you dick. Yeah. Yeah. She like just comes in like, and justify the means, finger guns. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, get out. What a Gene Hackman emergency <laughs> measures. Extreme measures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's good because she's like, I'm happy that he lived, but. You got lucky. We all got lucky. Yeah. Buddy. And she totally calls back to like, hey, remember the guy you killed? Like, I don't know, four hours ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have totally lived. Yeah. Uh, and she even goes as far as like, hey, listen, like you you want your name in lights. I get it. And you're going to get lauded for this. But uh, that's not me. I wouldn't do what you're doing. I, I value life too much. And it's yeah. like, damn, that is uh, that is just so I, you know, it. Ah, that's good. I'd, I'd so, like to have someone like like some kind of mentor in my life that that has this kind of knowledge and principle. Don't 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 get all John Dorian on us. I just think that. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just idolizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think that 
what she's saying is that we have procedures, we have policies, and you think you can just, despite everything we've always said in this series, you think you can just defy procedure and do whatever you want because it feels right. Well, no, sir. That's next week and that's last week, but that's not this week. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and see, and that's the thing, too, is like she's following procedure. Like she's not going to get docked for this. Like she killed a dude and she did a super risky thing while she was denied three times from Starfleet. And even, you know, for what we know of Dr. Crusher, um, she's going to get, she's going to get lauded for it. So um, she ostensibly followed the procedure because she's not going to get punished for it, even though it's pretty messed up. Yeah, she gave that guy experimental drugs without his yeah. consent. Uh, oh, look, you're, you're lurching, Worf. Look, you're lurching. <laughs> I thought I thought the whole point was not to lurch, huh? Well, not yeah, like as an in-state. He could have that. done the same thing. 70% is not lurching. <laughs> These are simple-ass <laughs> welded bars, but like you yeah. put a little Federation set of buttons on one of the, the beams because yeah. it's the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I like uh, I like it's like I want my I want my son to help me. We're gonna do this together, okay? Uh, Doctor Crusher, give me Eye of the Tiger. No, no, Worf, <laughs> you've had two Eye of the Tigers already. Your your Klingon system can't handle it. Give me Eye of the Tiger, damn it! <laughs> All right, give him Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's hilarious that Alexander's gonna help him. It's like Alexander. If he falls on you, we're going to have to call that crazy Kate McKinnon doctor back to fix your spot. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to ask if she wants a do-over because uh, that's <laughs> not going to be... It's going to be... It's going to get rough is all I'm saying. He's a big dude. You're a small kid. So I know, right? So anyway, final thoughts. Ethics. So I didn't think that um, I would like uh, ethics. I thought that it would be... Um, I thought it would be a little, uh, like, just, I mean, when, when I read the title card uh, and like and also saw Riker holding the knife, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just going to be, we're, we're going to full on lean into, um, you know, Klingon toxic masculinity and we're just going to, uh, some magical MacGuffin is going to save us in the end. Um, but this was a good episode. I really enjoyed the medical component to it. I like that Wars Friends you know, push back on his, this notion of a suicide. Um, it didn't really land with me, Picard kind of defending it. Um, I know he's supposed to be a diplomat, so he's like both sizing it, but I feel like, um, we've seen enough of not holding up to Klingon standards that you can, um, you, you can safely examine like the difficult things of the culture and make your own decision. I mean, um, it's kind of like the spirit of the law instead of the letter of the law kind of jazz. Um, but I like this episode. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's good. I, it is interesting that you bring it up that Picard is kind of renowned for shooting Worf down. And this is the one time that he, behind yeah, the scenes, backs yeah, backs Worf up in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, he does, well, I think the key here is he doesn't back Worf up while Worf can see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He only shoots Worf down when everyone's around. <laughs> But now that I think about it, Worf would would probably like that. Like, the one time Worf got really angry is whenever Kern was backing him up all the time, acting as second officer. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Worf just likes being shot down. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, next week we have got the outcast. Right. So um, the card that we get from Netflix is Riker, who is... 
Um, in some kind of like room with kind of these robed individuals. Um, I think they might be aliens. The the one in the back looks pretty pale, but that might be lighting. Lighting. So they're either humans or oh, they're either very pale humans or they're aliens. <laughs> I think they're aliens. Um, and it looks like he's about to kind of do that whole like I'm a man of action. I don't have to follow your rules kind of speech. Um, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but this definitely doesn't look like the Enterprise. And uh, you, uh, this is good. You you you've, you've 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 hit it real close. You've hit it real close. <laughs> so. All right. And so um, this is the summary that we get from Netflix. Riker falls for a member of an androgynous race who lost a couple of their people in an unmapped region of... Wait, is he just going to be like, you should let me marry this person? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like, this is this is the furthest he's going to go for a booty call, isn't it? <laughs> All right, this, this... It is. This is the first time... <laughs> this is... Uh... Not the last time I'm going to take issue with the Netflix title card, but this was actually on Grammar. Who lost a couple of people in an unmapped region of space? Did Riker lose a couple of their yeah, people? Did yeah. the member lose a couple of their people? Or did, did the, the race, race itself yeah. in general lose yeah. a couple of their people in an unmapped region of space? Fair. 100% yeah. fair. Yeah, what the f*** Netflix? <laughs> yeah, get get on my level. <laughs> yeah. Can get some. Well, I would say get some pronouns together, but... Uh, <laughs> we will talk about pronouns next week and until yeah, then I guess so. remember Rand I'll make this short because no one likes credits Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures we are watching Star Trek on Netflix we are talking over Discord and we are recording and editing on Audacity The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms I would also like to thank our senior officer patrons for supporting The Beige and the Bold they also make video editions of this podcast and remasters of old episodes possible. So thank you to Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, please contact me at vanvelding at gmail.com or on Twitter at vanvelding. Thank you and remember Rand.